Hello, it's Thursday, and that means Palace Confidential, your weekly examination of all things royal. I'm Luke Blackall, standing in for Joe Elvin, and today I'm joined by three wise women. Sarah Vine is a star columnist and podcaster at both the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. Victoria Murphy is a royal correspondent and author, and Charlotte Griffiths is the editor-at-large at the Mail on Sunday. Welcome all. Coming up, we have updates on Prince Charles and the Crown, Prince Andrew, and a beautiful gallery of the Queen to play us out. But before all that, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have announced that they will be making a whirlwind tour to Europe in a couple of weeks, opening up speculation as to what they will do here and who they might see. Now, Victoria, you've been uh, covering this story. What, what can you tell us? Yeah, so this was announced on Monday and the Sussexes are coming to the UK and Germany. They are going to be arriving in the UK and making, so far we've got three kind of main public appearances. So we've got the 5th of September, they're going to attend the opening of the One Young World Summit where Meghan is going to be making a keynote speech. The following day they're going to Germany and they're going to be attending an event which marks one year from the Invictus Games in Dusseldorf next year. Then they're coming back to the UK on the 8th of September. They're going to be attending the Well Child Awards, which is a charity that Harry's been involved with for many years, um, been patron of since 2007. Um, it's not a royal tour, obviously. Um, they're not working royals anymore. But interestingly, a lot of it, I think, will look quite similar to how things did when they were working royals because a lot of these events are events that they attended when they were working royals that they supported or in Carrie's case set up when they were working royals but of course what has fundamentally changed and you know to remind people they no longer kind of bring that formal representation of the monarchy of the queen as head of state of the queen as head of the armed forces they don't bring that with them anymore regardless of whether or not appearances may look similar. And the other thing they've done, and we've got it up on screen now, we've got the, um, the breakdown of, of what they'll be doing. It does have the feel of the Royal Tour by announcing your, your schedule in advance, telling people what. That, that, that's also not necessarily what a, a non-working Royal would do. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, there, are, there are elements of the way that they've kind of constructed their independent setup that echo how things were when they were in the Royal Household. But then, the, to talking about announcing in advance, you could say, well, it's going to come out that they're appearing at these events. So it sort of does make sense in a way to kind of just go ahead and announce it because otherwise, of course, people are going to get wind of the fact that they're going to be appearing at these events and going to start to ask questions. So it's kind of a neat way of handling, telling people this is this is what's happening up front. Sarah, we have the official uh, timetable, what's going to happen, but inevitably the interest is going to be what happens when they're not at these events. Do you think we'll see rapprochements? Do you think we'll see them meeting the Queen? I don't know, but do you think they're... Are they bringing Netflix with them? I don't know. That's but, the big question yeah. I want to know the answer to. We don't know that. I don't know for sure, but, you know, they are making this content. Right, so. OK. Well, I imagine Harry will go and see his grandmother. I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't. It would be mad not to, surely. I mean, completely. But I mean, it's a big really part of to he wants to he wants yeah. to be seen doing that as well. Yeah. Presumably, that's yeah. a, a part of it. You yeah, we'll be that. told if he goes to see his grandmother. Yeah, that'll yeah. that'll leak out mysteriously. Yeah. But also, I think that they've announced these dates because they want to give a chance for crowds to gather. Yes. Because if they do have a Netflix crew with them, they don't want to. I mean, imagine how embarrassing if there were about three people there sort of waving. <laughs> they want us all to get excited and to talk about it and to you know, they want it to look like a royal tour. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they do still think of themselves as royals. I mean, they behave sure. like royals and they use their titles. So, you know, they just do the they just do the bits of being royals that they want to do. They still have a crown as on their left As opposed to the bits that they don't want to do, which involve going and opening envelopes in rainy town halls in places that they don't want to go to. They get to be, they get to cherry pick and that, they still consider themselves royals. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a good point, isn't it? This is an example of them having, you know... Having uh, taken easily. Yeah, despite, despite the criticism that they... Yeah, they have kind of achieved in a way you could yeah. look at it what they want because yeah. they are now doing what the things that they want to do in the way that they want to do them and they have that control and for them that was a decision that they made and they knew that they were giving up formally representing the royal family and they 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 chose to do that they chose to go and have this independent setup and they are and the interest is there you know there is there is they, they still have these these huge profiles. And the interesting thing is that, you know, because of their past roles and because of their links to the royal family, they will always be relevant. There will always be this interest. And so they are... Yeah, I mean, they're so, they sort of straddle the world between royal and that sort of... The, yeah, they're part of... They've got one foot in showbiz and one foot in royalty. And, and the sort of two things feed off each other. I mean, everyone's going to be interested in what Meghan's wearing, whether she's got nice jewellery on, et cetera, et cetera. All the same rules apply that would apply to any sort of celebrity. This is actually the bit they've been itching to do, I yeah. think, because they left the royal family, they wanted to have their cake and eat it, but then the pandemic hit and they had to do lots and lots of things on Zoom, which haven't really got them great coverage because, you yeah. know, you're not going to put a picture of Harry's face on on Zoom in, a, in newspapers, but, you know, these, these appearances are going to be in yeah. all the papers and magazines for a few weeks. I think for them, the big appearances are the thing because what... I think might be more challenging for them to emulate moving forward and what they maybe even don't want to emulate is what the royal family does which is those constant day in day out mm. visits yeah. all the time to charities organizations they are very busy carrying out hundreds of engagements every year and when it's difficult to get a sense because the pandemic and because they have a one-year-old <laughs> how the sussexes will do things but it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to reproduce that but these big key set piece events yeah. certainly I mean the working can... rules are on a sort of are a kind of quite punishing schedule of day-to-day -day mm. stuff not most of which doesn't get any coverage and isn't glamorous most of which isn't very glamorous most of which doesn't involve wearing very expensive earrings and necklaces and saying <laughs> very meaningful things about you know poor people which is what <laughs> Megan likes to do um, and you know so they don't have to do any of that anymore they can just come in they can sweep in they can get lots of coverage and then they can go home but for the royals who are doing that Victoria you know there's who are opening the community centres in the rain on the oh, annoying, yeah. you know it's going to be very annoying and it's also difficult for the staff at the palace you know the, the, the staff have got to coordinate these diaries months years sometimes in advance how are they do you think going to be preparing for this this visit so it doesn't overshadow all their work well I think it's interesting because if the Sussexes were in the royal family, if they were working royals and they were doing a royal tour, there would be liaising with other royal households about not doing anything that would be a big moment while they were off having their royal tour. But because they're not in the royal household, there's no liaising at all between their staff and the royal staff. And I actually think that that week when they're here is actually going to be quite a busy royal week. Mm. I mean, you've got the Queen meeting the new PM at some stage, which would we would expect to have the new PM week. is announced on the 2nd of September, isn't that right? The 5th, 5th. 5th. Yeah. so Sorry. it's right, right, smack bang in the middle of this yeah, visit. Yeah, the ballot's closing so. the 2nd, announced on the 5th. Um, and then, so I think it might be the 6th, 7th or something, just because it has historically been a couple of days after um, that she meets the new PM. Um, and then what we've also got is the Cambridges um, 
moving to Windsor, we know that that's happening, and the kids are expected to start at a new school. We're going to hear the new, the name of the new school yeah. soon, but if there's a back-to-school moment, which I think because it's a new school, I think there will be, then we're looking at that happening in that week. And there may be other things because that's the time of year when it's very much a kind of back to work type mm. feel for everyone and we'd expect timetables to get full again. So I think it's going to be it's very almost, busy. It's almost as though they're trying to set up an alternative royal family. <laughs> now, Charlotte, in other news about Sussex, this is, this is unconfirmed, uh, but reports online say the pairs might be renewing their vows possibly for their Netflix series. What do you make of that? Um, now, unconfirmed, I think, is the key word there. <laughs> it sounds so unrealistic, but the truth is often stranger than fiction when it comes to these two. And renewing your vows is quite an American thing to do. They probably have a lot of resentment around the wedding time because, of course, there are all these dramas going on backstage. They probably have some resentment. <laughs> Plus, they need some interesting Netflix content because, actually... Yeah, footage of them at the World Child Awards is all very well, but they've got to have that Kardashian thing, like a set married, piece. They can't renew their vows. You have to be married for a bit before you can renew your vows. You just thought Isn't so. At least There's 10 no years. rule, because it's a nonsense thing to do in the first place. But it would be, I mean, I would actually tune into their Netflix documentary if they renewed their vows. I mean, seriously, it would be, it would have a lot of ratings. You'd see some good, good dramatic tears. Yes. And they know how to squeeze on out the, On the beach, maybe? Barefoot. Oh my god, I'd I think love definitely that. barefoot. They because they do quite a lot of things barefoot. <laughs> Most of their photo shoots tend to be barefoot. I've noticed yes. that. Harry does like a hairy toe. He does. That's a Megan. That's a Megan. It's method. just softer grounding, Is California. It? Well, because it's grounding and softer. Yeah. She's always believed in that. All her TIG uh, photos were all barefoot. Really? And, like yeah, she loves a bit of barefoot. I like lying that she on the has grass. such foot confidence. Not, we could we could do Palace next week bare feet. That would be. <laughs> she actually doesn't have foot confidence, you know. Really? According to Tom Bowers' book. I will. There we go. Now, <laughs> she doesn't like her feet that much. Just moving on slightly, Victoria, but staying with Prince Harry. He famously lost his police protection when he stopped being a working royal, was unhappy about this. So some might be surprised to see this week that despite also stepping down as a working royal, Prince Andrew is keeping his 24-hour uh, police protection. What can you tell us about well, this? Well, yeah, I mean, according to a story this week by The Telegraph, um, the same committee, RAVEC, they're known as for short, who determined that when Harry stepped back as a working royal, he would not get automatic police protection. That's the key. What they said, they put him in this category where his security when he comes to the UK would be decided on a case-by-case -case basis. And that could mean the protection, police protection, but it might, as his lawyer said in court, it could mean no protection. So he that's the category that he's been putting in, and that's he wants automatic police protection. And the story this week said that it seems that that is what Prince Andrew has, has this now still full-time police protection. Now, Ravex obviously made their decision based entirely on security considerations, and that's the conclusion that the story says they've come to. But, you know, I, I think the optics of it do, do look bad when you put these two decisions side by side, seemingly different decisions. Um, and, you know, it's... It's a reminder, I think, in Andrew's situation, he stepped back. He's incredibly unpopular with the public at the moment. He stepped back from his public role, no indication that he will be able to come back to it at all. Um, and it's a reminder of the, the financial burden that monarchy mm. can be, because we do not know... We, we'd be paying for his protection for the rest of his life, even if he never has mm. any kind of public role. And that, you know, that, that's a significant sum of money. Um, Sarah, you could argue, look, look you, we don't know the, the full threats that um, they face, but you could argue that last year, Prince Andrew actually had someone break into his home looking from a woman. So maybe yeah, just I the mean, very I nature, think, he I needs it. I think quite a lot of people are quite cross with Prince Andrew. So I suppose arguably he might be at 
greater risk than he would otherwise be. Well, members of his own family. I think. <laughs> Possibly. <from him>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is it is really difficult. Uh, I think it's a really sticky situation for them because, you know, you can't take away Prince Andrew's protection. Then what happens if somebody gets him? You know, then it's just, you know. But, um, but you're right. I mean, Harry doesn't have it. And, you know, arguably... Neither of them are working royals, so if Harry doesn't have it, why should Andrew yeah. have it? It's it's a really difficult situation. It's difficult. And Charlotte, Harry could justifiably be quite angry about this if he's reading, reading these reports. Yeah, I think it's kind of unfair that it's one rule for yeah. Andrew and another rule for Harry. I actually could stick up for Harry on this one. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, they're both equally at risk. Look what happened to Salman Rushdie just last yeah. week. I mean, anyone could storm up on stage and it attack him. It only takes one mad person to get you, yeah. as we've seen from people like David Amos and obviously Salman yeah. Rushdie. Yeah. But I mean, I think, the you know, I suppose the logic is that Harry walked away from it voluntarily and Andrew has walked away from it kicking and screaming and therefore... But Harry's but, more present. Harry's still yeah. doing things, OK? They're yeah. not r royal events, but Andrew's literally not even going to his friend's yeah. weddings. He's completely hiding But also the, the decision has just hasn't been made with any of that in mind. The no. decision has only been made just on security grounds. And, you know, I, I, ha Harry is... I mean, he's offered to pay for it, but that's been said that it's just very difficult you know the home office has said that's a very difficult unrealistic thing but he's not asking for uk police protection when he is in the us yes. which is where he spends he just the majority of his time he just wants it when he comes to the uk which we don't know how often that's going to be but based on how things have been i know we've had a pandemic it's not like he's going to be here for huge extended periods of time all the time so the cost is going to be a lot well it would you would think lower than the cost for somebody well, I think who lives last there, time he came they did assign a team to him didn't they well yeah i mean part of the problem is is that we don't really know what is going on with mm. the security because the royal household and the met police will never discuss it and mm. it's only through harry bringing these cases to court that mm. we even know about all these decisions mm. and ravec and all the ins and outs mm. of the considerations and so so we don't know what security he was given when he came for the Jubilee, but we would, it, it seemed that he was given some security. And, yeah. he's, and he's obviously, we know he's on this case-by-case -case basis, which at times will mean mm. he gets the full security, at times will mean that, that I mean, the doesn't. thing is, if he's staying in the royal households and he's travelling in the royal cars, he will have automatic protection there anyway. It's whether or not he has close protection, which means if he decides to go to Marks and Spencers to get a sandwich, whether or not two men follow him with wires in their ears. Yeah. I think that's the basic thing, isn't it? Because and whether he's given access to yeah. the terror threat or the threat yeah. against him. That's the and other thing he's complaining about. as well, I think. Yeah. Yes. Intelligence, and, exactly. Ken Wolfe has been on this programme yeah. talking about that, that challenge as well. Now, but I want to move on now to, to Prince Charles. Um, an interesting tip that emerged this week, Victoria, um, from the leader of the Scottish Labour Party, Anna Sawar, who said that when lawmakers met Charles in Scotland last year, the heir told them, hello, nice to meet you all. I'm nowhere near how they portray me on Netflix. For Royal Watchers, you don't normally hear these little exchanges. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think what it really shows is how aware the royal family is of the influence that these programmes have, you know, programmes like The Crown. And they're right to be because millions of people watch these programmes and, you know, working a lot with US outlets, I see the huge interest in the crown in the US and the interest in all of the historical events to do with the royal family that people, people asking me things about, like Princess Margaret, that like I was never being asked, you know, five, six years ago before these episodes, well, maybe 10 years ago, I remember, before these episodes came out. Um, and I think what the crown 
did actually have quite a big impact on Charles and Camilla when the last series was shown. They had to turn off the comments on their social media because people were criticising them, the real-life royals, because of this fictional portrayal of the story on Netflix. And so, you know, they were very aware of the impact of that, but I think they made a decision, it seems, to have show a bit of good humour. So we saw Camilla invite the Crown actress to Clarence House and meet her... And then Charles making this comment, I think it's quite smart because it, it it puts a distance between the reality and the fictional portrayal. So, so, so you've met Charles on, on more than one occasion. Yeah. I won't ask you to recount what he, he told you, of course, but do you think the portrayal on the, on the Crown is fair? Do you, how do you think he feels about no, it? No, he's very different. He's a very yeah. different person. Um, but, you know, people need to understand that the Crown is actually... Uh, it's, it's an entertainment series. It's not a documentary. I mean, there are lots of documentaries around because, of course, we've got the anniversary of Princess Diana's death coming up in a week or so, I think. Um, and there are actually a couple of really good things that you can watch. There's a, there's a very good um, documentary which is basically composed entirely of archive footage, uh, which charts her, uh, you know, her, her entire role from right from the marriage to her death, which is really worth watching. Um, so I think people do need to try and distinguish between the two. But this is the problem with social media. And I think that the royals suffer from it as much as anyone else, which is that people confuse and they conflate and they, 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 you know, they, they get bits and pieces from here and there. Charles is, is just, you know, he's not like that at all. He's a very different person. He's quite sort of bookish and quiet and sort of a little bit self-deferential. But he's also... Charlotte, someone who has to now think about his image more because of yeah. those things that Sarah's been mentioning, be social media. Soon. He's going to be the king and he, he does have to think about these things. Yeah, well, ironically, he comes across, I think, in The Crown as a little bit thin-skinned and concerned mm. about what other people think about him. So exactly as he's portrayed on The Crown. But actually, I think he comes across in some ways quite nice, nicely in The Crown because they show him as a, a boy as well, as a man, mm. who's been affected by his upbringing and mm. it's a mad way to grow up. And the other thing is, I'm surprised he doesn't say, by the way, I'm nowhere like what my son portrays me as mm. on Oprah. <laughs> and he might want to start, put a caveat in when the book comes out as well, because, you know, he's not getting... It's not just a, I think um, he's the very, crown. very fond of his son. And I think, he, I think he feels quite upset and hurt by the whole thing. And I think that he would not attack his son. The way he's been attacked by his son. The way he's son, been yeah. attacked. I don't think he would do that. I think he's very fond of, of Harry. And I think is quite sad about it all, really. Well, there'll be some fascinating revelations coming uh, later this year. But that, sadly, is all we have time for this week on Palace Confidential. My thanks to Sarah Vine, Victoria Murphy, Charlotte Griffiths, and to you for watching. Joe Elvin will be back in this seat next Thursday. Now, to play you to the end of the programme, we'll leave you with this gallery of some candid shots of the Queen that we've put together. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>